rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? to Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. On this episode, we're discussing minute 10 of Fallen King. Before we get to that, David, once again, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. we got an article up here for the Dinosaur Protection Group. The uh, the marketing... Marketing... Uh, the fan site... Not the fan site. The site that went up uh, in preparation for Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, the viral site. That's, that's the one. Uh, Dinosaur Protection Group, uh, founded by Claire Deering um, after the fall of... Jurassic World, she uh, wanted to save the animals on the island, and um, we get a fair bit of the DPG in this movie. We had a lot of it, a lot of stuff uh, coming out online in the lead up to Fallen Kingdoms coming out. Um, some good little uh, backstories there, going all the way back to Jurassic Park and uh, just before the Lost World, with um, research on dinosaur numbers on both islands and uh, and that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. One of the major things I think the DPG was kind of responsible for is kind of this, I wouldn't say, well, maybe I would. False reporting, I'll say. Irrational, <laughs> sorry, I was, I was going to, irrational kind of reaction from the fandom where they say, oh, so there's the introduction of the Spinosaurus and several other animals caused a ecological shift in unusual sonar <laughs> that automatically becomes everything's dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's we've, we've we've been on this train since fallen kingdom coming out <laughs> they're not they're not they're not Maserani global they're not in charge of the islands they're they're a um animal rights group i'd say um that are sort of spreading information that better suits their motives and goals by saying that um, the animals on sauna, there's no more animals on sauna, and that just sort of gives more focus that they have to save the animals on Nublar because of the current issue there. If if the world, the government knew there were still animals on sauna, then pff, who cares about Nublar? Then those ones can just go, <laughs> and there won't be as many dinosaurs. <laughs> we'll just we'll just keep the ones on sauna because they've been. A, big enough pain in the ass for the uh, the governments and that they definitely have a bias and i recall once um comparing them to being like the dinosaur version of PETA, and jack ewins who created the dpg said that's exactly right they're basically they have a very one-sided view that they're that they're trying to push and they're going to deliberately ignore or even kind of um exaggerate a bit the opposite view mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll, we'll criticized <laughs> no this is what it says this is the de-extinction the dead the dead animal list from sauna and that ah anyway another perfect example is like for example being that the dpg put out this poster that a lot of fans saw and they list all these animals on it, and some in red, some in white, no explanation. And Ewan's actually admitted he regretted putting this out poster out there because fans kind of just once again did what the fans do and misinterpreted the entire poster. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. <laughs> we that's uh, speculate and speculate and get our get ourselves worked into a particular thought and yeah. But no, it's um it's good that um, a lot of the stuff they reported is no longer <laughs> no longer fact or being proven not to be fact, I should say. So mm-hmm. um so of course this uh I I don't even know if the website's still up. But I think it, it got hacked or something before Dominion, didn't it? Didn't something happen? No, I think that Universal took it down before Dominion. Oh, okay. But I think that Jack ended up getting them to put it back up. Okay. Like the uh, the Dino Tracker viral site for uh, Dominion, there was some uh, there's some good background stuff, um, backdoor stuff in the DPG website as well. So you can search it; it's, it's out there everywhere. All the uh, the emails and that that went around, just sort of adding to a bit of the Jurassic lore. Of course, it was there when we learnt that Wu did go back to New Blar in '94, isn't it? That's where that's where yes. we got all that info from. Yeah, so we sort of learnt about the whole uh, going back and. It wasn't Operation Clean Up. That was like that was from the uh, Lost World viral marketing, <laughs> uh, whatever whatever the operation was. Going back, saying the animals were still alive, um, doing counts of species and all that sort of stuff, giving us sort of a definitive number of how many animals were still alive on the island at that time, and the the the, uh, the wanting to uh, get back on the sauna and count all the animals there, uh, leading into the Lost World incident. So, yeah. Um, anything else on that? No, I think we covered that pretty well. We altered the course of natural history. This is a correction. Are you suggesting the Almighty is taking matters in his own hands? Senator, with all due respect, God's not part of the equation, no. What I mean is that in the last century, we amassed a landmark technological power, and we've consistently proven ourselves incapable of handling that power. 80 years ago, who could have predicted nuclear proliferation? But then there it was. And now we've got genetic power. So how long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? And what's going to be done with it? It ain't going to stop with the de-extinction of the dinosaurs. All right, Dave, we're in again in minute 10. Yes. All right, minute 10 of Fallen Kingdom. Opens with uh, Malcolm deep in thought and ends with Claire taking an important phone call. Ending off Malcolm and Congress, uh, he ends his dialogue here with uh, it's not going it's not just going to stop with the de-extinction of dinosaurs uh, one of the congressmen says he doesn't know what Malcolm's talking about <laughs> uh, of course Ian talking in his own specific uh, language there but um, Ian <laughs> continues <laughs> I'm talking about cataclysmic change changes like death you don't know what it looks like until you're standing uh, standing at the gates which is kind of biblical even though before he said God's got no no uh, place here but um using that terminology anyway. And that's sort of the end of the Congress stuff until we get back to uh, the end of the film. So he wasn't used much here, but um, as we said last minute, it was good to see Malcolm back back on screen and not just uh, Easter egg with his book. But that's when we cut to a city street um, and we learn later that it's Washington, D.C. I love this ageing billboard on the side of the wall with the triceratops and the gyrosphere, um, an old ad for Jurassic World that's just never been taken down. And the ad reads, uh, Ride the Gyrosphere, A New Age of Adventure. Um, I wish we had sort of more callbacks to Jurassic World in the film, but I suppose we are mm-hmm. we are going back there. So as the films progress, we're sort of more and more off the islands. It would be good just to see what the, the, the whole world thinks of, uh, of Jurassic World. But, yeah. And then we have our reintroduction into Claire, uh, once again in an elevator, much like she was in, Fallen, in Jurassic World. Of course, that ever-important shot of her not wearing heels. 
<laughs> uh, I remember leading into this. Colin, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Colin or Bryce tweeted. I think it was a photo, a collage of about nine different boots that they were going through wardrobe, deciding what she was going to wear for the film, and just just the face face palm. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> But yes, the high heels are gone for Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> She's got a face in her phone here, um, obviously looking mm-hmm. at something important. But uh, as she leaves the elevator, the doors don't open all the way. A little gag here showing that there's uh, some issues with this building. And as we learn in the novel novelisation, this is a World War Two era building, so <laughs> it's um, they're, they're, they're probably not getting all the funding that they, they're after, all the donations they're after. Amongst the gibberish in the background, we can hear our first uh, appearance of uh, Zia Rodriguez. Uh, as a matter of fact, I do have a, have the dinosaur's best interest in mind. I'm a paleo veterinarian, which is the first time we learn that's a real thing. And the person on the phone asks if that's a real thing too. Because <laughs> um, uh, Zia bites her lip and says, yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, and now I haven't seen one with my own eyes. Uh, if anyone... And she starts to lose a tempo. If everyone could afford... Uh, dot, dot, dot... Um, Obviously, if everyone could afford a trip to uh, Jurassic World, they would have. Um, but that's when she signals to Claire to get over here and hands her the phone because uh, she's not good with people on the phone, as we learn <laughs> learn in the novel. <laughs> she's a millennial. We're we're not good with phones. Mm. I mean, we're not talking to people on phone with phones anyway. <laughs> Especially when she's obviously they're obviously trying to smooth up to people of wealth to uh, get some funding and donations and that. But I suppose going back, paleo veterinarian, of course, and I think we talked about this in Jurassic World with um, with the, uh, the the Mosasaur trainers and all that sort of stuff, and the, even the uh, the vets there. You'd have to have um, specific fields training, all that sort of stuff done for a lot of uh, a lot of your different uh, areas of the park. And of course, we know Dr. Harding from Jurassic Park would have um, would have had to be basic basic vet um, degrees just so they obviously know their way around an animal. Mm-hmm. Well, in the novel, um, Harding had been a veterinarian at the uh, San Diego Zoo, I believe, mm-hmm. before working at Jurassic World. Yeah. yeah. Or Jurassic Park. But even then, we see in both the novel and the movie, even though he's a vet and been working with the animals for a little bit of time, they still mm-hmm. don't know these animals a hell of a lot. Um and I'm sure there's a lot of thing on the uh, the Jurassic World or the engine old Maserani paleo veterinary course that um, is just being thrown together as or added as things happen <laughs> to uh, to the animals and they learn more more about them. Um, well, that is a major thing in the novel as well, though, is that these animals are brought back, but they don't know anything about them. And so things like the venom in the Dilophosaurus. People often mistake that, oh, that's just more gene splicing. No, it's not. It was in the novel. It's explained that this is something that was some, that it was the animal had, and they just couldn't. They had to take them off tour because they couldn't. Well, Hammond would refuse to have one killed so that they could figure out where the venom sacs were, so they could remove them. Mm. And so you just kind of end up getting all these various things in the novels, like. The stegosaur, in place of the sick triceratops, has this labored breathing because it can't handle the differing oxygen levels of 
the modern world. Hmm. Just trying to think. Yeah, it's sort of it's lost in the films a bit because we've got to sort of condense everything down. We only get the possible poisoning from the lilac berries in um, Jurassic Park of why why it's sick. But I think there's even a line where I want to say it's Ellie that says that they brought these animal animals back, but they don't know anything about them. And it kind of in the reminds me of the line she has in the movie where you have plants that are poisonous but you pick them because you look good mm. where they're mm. making these decisions based entirely aesthetically and they don't know actually anything about what they're what they've got yeah well it's a big thing in the novel too with the the plantings around the lodge and that the visitors the the, the lodge for guests uh, the ferns and the plants they got around the swimming pools and that are highly poisonous plants with spores mm. in that and shouldn't be touched and they've got them again they're planted because they look good um, and yeah it, and I think that Ellie internally monologues that if a child were to take a mouthful of one of those plants I mm. mean kids being kids they stick everything in their mouths <laughs> they could die yeah yep and then there's Hammond that's just like looking around and like oh well you're just trying to ruin my illusion like no, these are like very serious problems with your park that that you can't just write off. Mm-hmm. Like if like if you actually were to open this park and a toddler were to grab a handful of these plants and stick them in their mouths and go into a coma, that's a major lawsuit on your hands that he doesn't even have anything to do with with the problems with the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of issues there, and yeah, you only got to look at sort of any major zoos. And again, we've brought this up before with animal attacks and that. But even just the, the general welfare for the animals, um, having to take them off display and that because there's issues, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you've got sort of your African um, mammals and that in cold climates, <laughs> all that sort of stuff that they're not used to. Um, mm-hmm. Which I we brought up too when we're talking about the Dominion trailer, the, the fact we've got dinosaurs off sauna now running around the snow uh, <laughs> after a couple of years and climatizing to it it seems yeah definitely not cold-blooded <laughs> well, i was that actually reminds me of a um a, of a thing i saw the other day where apparently a common complaint in zoos is that the animals have libidos <laughs> <laughs> and so this woman was complaining on a zoo's web or facebook page that she was getting awkward questions about the elephant's fifth leg from her <laughs> toddler. <laughs> she's like, can, can they do something about that? I'm like, no, they are not going to give a hand job to the elephant because you want to avoid <laughs> awkward questions from your kid. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen Disney cartoons. They see you all that out. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, I do like I like I do like here too with um, Zia's comments about um, not having the money. Here we are a few years after. If she's only just started, if she was only just beginning to do a degree before the park failed, um, we don't really know too much about that. But it's sort of a, after ten years too, you'd think anyone that could afford to or want to visit Jurassic World probably had already. But this is sort of proving no, there's still people that um, would have loved to go there, but hadn't yet before the, the park's demise as well but uh that's pretty much it for um for minute 10 anything else on that before we get into some novel comparisons uh, no i think we're good
All right. Um, we don't get the elevator transition in the novel. Uh, we just cut from Wu on the TV to office of the DPG with a TV on the uh, the background. Uh, volunteers too busy racing around to watch what's on. Uh, they are busy on phones, uh, painting protest posters with sayings like "Save the Dinos" and "They were here first. That's that's an interesting anyway. one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's sort of uh, treating these animals as as real dinosaurs, uh, as if this little pocket of lost world uh, was found and not created uh, artificially. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, when we hear a chime from across the um, expansive room signalling the arrival of the elevator, the old pre-war doors open or began to open, uh, but then stopped halfway. Inside Claire Doing is bracing a tray of uh, coffees in one hand and pushes open the doors with the other. Um, we also get Zia's introduction, but uh, we'll have to leave that for a minute 11 uh, so we can have a look at her lost career of paleo-veterinarian. We didn't mention the fact that yeah, Claire's carrying a couple of coffees here, so she was obviously out doing a coffee run. For um, for a couple of people in the office as well, but that's uh, that's minute ten, Dave. Anything else before we get heavy for the week? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, lovely. Mm-hmm.